everybody, and welcome back to Butter With That, a podcast where some friends from Philly get together to discuss movies, among other things. Uh, we are, of course, uh, now happy to be part of the Movie John Podcast Network, that uh, Movie J-A-W-N um, Podcast Network, which you can find at moviejohn.com, uh, where you can find a suite of all the available podcasts, uh, a lot of which... Um, We've had uh, we've had cross paths with before, and uh, all of which are really great. And uh, you can check them out through that website as well as our own. Before we uh, dive into and round out the theme that we've been discussing over the past uh, rotation, which is of course heist movies, uh, we are going to uh, see how everybody's been doing. Uh, I am of course joined by Christine, Connor, and Sam. How are all of you doing? And uh, what have you guys been watching? It's been a busy couple weeks so i haven't watched too much aside from the movies we've been talking about but Alyssa and i have been binging id discoveries evil lives here um which is one of the many scary murder shows that are on id discovery on discovery plus which has so many shows it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how much is just on that one streaming service and those shows are those shows if you like them you like them if you don't you don't but this one is has probably the best reenactments that I've seen in like a lot of these kind of murder shows, um, which is kind of interesting. And the stories get really wild. Um, they talk about John Wayne Gacy. So sometimes they even get like relatives of like famous people, you know, famous, horrible people and add like a different lens. Like it's interesting to hear about, you know, one person says they still love their father, even though they, they did these things, but another person says they don't want to ever see their mother again. So it's kind of like interesting of how, different people process things differently, which is a, a cool kind of lens that just kind of, at least from how it appears, just kind of lets them talk about it without prompting or forcing any sort of belief or statement from the producers. Uh, I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 original last night. And I like, remember my brother was obsessed with it. So I was like, I'm sure I've seen this, but it was like, I was like, okay, I will say the costumes and the mouth animatronics are unbelievable. Like apparently Jim Henson developed the like mechanics of it, but across the board was it was okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners whose favorite classic childhood movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the closing credit song is also amazing. Sam, it seems like you had a pretty visceral reaction to all that. I did. I, it was like definitely that meme that was, and I took that personally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that movie, uh, movies, they, foundational. But that's okay. You know what? Everyone can have their own opinion. Some are right, some are wrong. It's okay. <laughs> I think... I was ready to be absolutely floored with nostalgia and with this is amazing. And I just, maybe it wasn't the right time. I will again reiterate though, that there is nothing like those practical, like the, the outfit practical effects. The voice work is so good. Like the actual performances of the Ninja Turtles. I think the Ninja Turtles deserved a better movie is what I'll say. Because the voice work the 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 blocking the choreography the fights and the animatronic mouths everything the practical effects were so good it's just storyline wanted something a little better 
interesting that you last time, you know, one a few episodes ago, you talked about watching Space Jam. Now, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is there a more kind of of era movies that you're on a? It just might be well as far as the picks. Uh, I've been doing group watches with some friends and one person picks all of these random movies to watch. So we're all just like, all right, fine. But I think with like space jam, I must've missed it being a vital part of my childhood. And so it like that ship might've just sailed. I don't know. There's a, there's a song coming to mind. If, um, let me make sure I get this right of how I'm feeling. Shot through the heart. <laughs> Christine's to blame. <laughs> Space Jam. I'm so sorry. I know. I, that was, that was, it's been a, definitely a double whammy. And again, I think it's because it was not developed in me at a, a young age of like why these are seminal classics. It's okay. I'm sorry to reopen that wound, Sam. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't remember it. And now it's just too deep. Um, you know, along this line of not remembering and then also being traumatized by my friends, I have definitely been disassociating a lot once I've finished up work every day. And so I haven't really been watching anything other than those, as I've mentioned before, the Korean street food videos on YouTube. The amount of eggs I have watched been being used is uh, to a level I can't even explain. But you know what? I just, I wish someone else would watch these videos because I need to talk about how incredible they are. Um, I really have- Do you have, like eggs? Do I like eggs? Uh, not particularly. Mm. Uh, I, well, you know what? I go through phases. Does anybody else do that? Go through phases? I mean, I like eggs across the board. Like that will never be a phase with me. I'm mostly yay eggs, but I'll go like a few weeks without having eggs weeks i'll go like years <laughs> i don't I know where i was going with this i learned that there are approximately two chickens for every human that's on earth right now wait a minute there's like seven billion people on earth 14 billion 14 chickens about 14 billion chickens apparently so so what i'm hearing is that you know we're all worried it's going to be like the the ai taking over or like climate crisis but really it's like chickens robot chicken oh there's a pretty pretty big intersection with between overpopulating the earth with chickens and global warming but uh, we don't have to get into that right now (laughs) which came first (laughs) guys overpopulating all of today's biggest issues right here right now listeners you heard (laughs) it first here on butter with that like, subscribe, share to hear all the share, latest updates like, on chicken yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I don't know what's happened. I've lost control of my life again. Well, uh, I suppose uh, that, that catches us up as far as where each of us are individually at. Uh, it's a portrait of madness that I'm sure you've come to know and love if you've been listening to the show thus far. Um, <laughs> Uh, today, we are going to be rounding out uh, a theme that we've been exploring over the past uh, three episodes and today culminating with our fourth, um, that being the theme of heist movies. Um, we've covered a wide variety of them. We've covered uh, heists that have gone uh, pretty much according to plan, uh, heists that have gone terribly wrong, and uh, we're going to find one that uh, 
uh, kind of displays both and goes uh, goes to other great lengths in terms of action and uh, and excitement. <laughs> I don't know as far as this movie is concerned. It's really difficult for me to describe this movie because it's uh, it's one that I've seen over twenty times and is very very close to my heart. So I'm very excited to talk about it. My highest pick for the the month uh, was not Dog Day Afternoon. That was my first choice because uh, that movie I think is fantastic and is maybe the best heist movie I know of. Um, I didn't pick it because this movie is perhaps a little bit more fun to discuss. Uh, and that is, of course, um, 1991's Catherine Bigelow picture, Point Break. Uh, to those uninitiated, uh, it's a film in which after a string, string of bizarre bank robberies in Southern California, with crooks donning masks of various former presidents, a federal agent, Johnny Utah, played by Keanu Reeves, infiltrates a, the suspected gang. Uh, but this is no ordinary group of robbers. They're surfers, led by the charismatic Bodie, Patrick Swayze, uh, who are addicted to the rush of thievery. But when Utah falls in love with a member of their crew, Tyler, played by Lori Petty, it complicates his sense of duty. So that being a provided summary uh, via the internet that I just dug up right here, uh, was premiered in July, oh, it was July 12th, 1991. So it was my fourth birthday, uh, had a budget of uh, an estimated budget of about 24 million and grossed 83.5 million. Uh, so it was roundly considered a success and was actually uh, Catherine Bigelow's highest grossing film at that time. Uh, it was later beaten out by uh, The Hurt Locker, which is a, a pretty storied and pretty celebrated film. Uh, not one of my favorites, but I do really, really love this movie. That having been said, uh, I've seen this countless times and can gush about it forever and have volumes of notes. So it's it's going to be really hard for me to contain myself. So before I, I just kind of explode about uh, how much I love this movie, uh, why don't we get some insight into everyone else's experience? Uh, Christine and Sam, I know you've seen this movie before. So why don't we hear what you had to say before we get to Connor, who was seeing this for the first time? Correct. Um, I think, Dave, one of my favorite parts of the... Or we'll go backwards. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you... Uh... <laughs> no please go ahead no, i'm so sorry seems, it I, seems like you're ready to go I, I guess i am uh one of my favorite parts of being your friend dave is that you have gotten um given me the chance to see movies that i should have seen a long time ago uh the matrix famously being one of those among several others um and i really this is i really like point break it's a movie that's been on my list for a long time i'm sorry that i interrupted your order um <laughs> but this Definitely had a lot to talk about. Of course, we love Keanu on this podcast. We just talked about him recently. He's come up like four times, I think, now. It's been a lot. He's got to be the most featured actor on Butter With That. It's up there. Him, him and Evans, and I think also uh, Bollock. Uh, and I think our first Patrick, oh, second Patrick Swayze movie. Yeah. Um, oh, third, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, you're right. So look at that. We're visiting a lot of <laughs> So, I mean, this movie's great. I'll turn it over to Sam and Christine to elaborate on <laughs> their second time seeing it. Sorry to interrupt them. I'll mute myself. Um, uh, this movie, I, I vividly remember the first time I watched it because I gave a recap on Butter With That in which I said, and it still is true, what I thought this movie was about versus what it's actually about to entirely entirely different films i have no idea where i came with this knowledge of what this movie was about but let me tell you what it has rocked my world ever since i 
love this movie to death. And um, it's it's one of those movies that like you just watch to feel good and to laugh, but also like Keanu and Patrick Swayze in this movie, the biggest chef's kiss. That that intro where Keanu is just it's like the pouring rain and he's doing like all of it like I could watch that for the rest of my life and never get tired. Yeah, uh, totally agree, Sam. This movie's amazing. Um, have seen it multiple times uh, over the course of my life. Uh, and it's, I think it's more fun to watch every time, or like it's, it's more fun every time I rewatch it. Uh, I think that it captures this like, mythic California surfer world in such a fun and wonderful way. I grew up never having been to California, like, but was obsessed with like (laughs) this like middle school East coast girls conception of what like California surfer culture was having no idea what it was. And I think this movie is just so like whether or not it's actually tethered to reality, I don't know. But I think it really the movie at least conveys such a, an amazing uh, vibe and essence of like sur- like surf surfing world and the the shots of the ocean and the waves are so beautiful. Obviously, all the performances are great and. Listeners, you missed uh, a side conversation before we recorded this about Gary Busey in another movie, terrifying movie entitled Hider in the House. And I'm sure listeners are familiar with Gary Busey's persona. I would argue that this is a wonderful character for Gary Busey. And I love his performance. And I think rewatching it most recently, he was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Busey is a standout in this movie. Um, And it's quite a cast. I mean, it's um, as we discussed it, it co-headlines Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze kind of both at the height of their, uh, of their like um, kind of like, well, actually that's not necessarily true for for Swayze. It was kind of at the height of his like action movie career. He had just come out of roadhouse and was like becoming an established name within the genre. This was actually Reeves' first action movie before then he had been in like kind of like art house films. Um, like, um, what's the mo- what movie I'm thinking of? River's Edge, which is a profoundly strange movie. You know, obviously uh, a little bit of like a teen comedy, like Bill and Ted and things like that. Um, my mo- wasn't he in my own private Idaho before this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was kind of like his first entry as like a, as like an action, uh, as an action star. And like the two of them are paired against one another pretty expertly. I think, um, the movie also features, uh, Lori Petty, who is, uh, who's really great in the film. Um, she playing Tyler and of course, uh, Gary Busey. And, uh, he plays, um, Keanu who's kind of like, uh, almost like in teacher and partner. Um, he's sort of a more veteran figure on the force. He plays uh, Pappas who, uh, is quite the character. I like to, er, 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 
every time I meet someone who hasn't seen this movie, I suggest to them that all of Gary Busey's lines were improvised in the movie. And I think it feels pretty true because there are some pretty insane tangents and deliveries that he has. He's a very comical and pretty insane character. But that I think is a, you know, a pretty good opportunity for us to discuss the performances. How did we feel about uh, what everyone brought to the table in Point Break? I mean, Patrick Swayze, like what a presence. It's unbelievable. I think also watching this in the context of Roadhouse too, like seeing these two movies recently, I think those two, the two characters are so different, but they both have such gravitas and just essence of like wanting to be near this person and knowing what they're about. And I feel like Patrick Swayze can singularly play a person that you just want to gravitate towards. Oh, so yeah, Swayze, by the way, for those who haven't watched the movie, um, plays uh, Bodhi. He is uh, kind of uh, a very serene and uh, like uh, like kinetically and like spiritually informed surfer who is like very in touch with uh, with what the ocean represents and being connected to it and plays it with such charm that it's jaw-dropping. Like, I said it, I think, in our group text the other day. is like, Patrick Swayze in this movie could sell me ice cream in Antarctica. He's just on fire the whole time. And really, really went out of his way to to give a lot of... Um, to give a lot of himself to this performance, as we'll discuss when we get into the production and everything. But yeah, really, really is a powerful presence in this movie. And uh, his name, Bodhi, is, of course, uh, a shorthand for Bodhisattva, that being a Buddhist term for one who has... Uh, as transcended uh their uh their existence such that they have achieved nirvana but choose to forego it uh out of sympathy to other people that they could inform which is a very perhaps very fitting uh shorthand summary of the character i think that this character in the hands of somebody else would have been so unlikable Mm. but yeah yeah like (laughs) patrick swayze just he really pulls on your heartstrings. And I, you know, recently rewatched Ghost. I think I talked a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Um, God, every time I see Patrick Swayze, I just fall like a little bit more in love with him. <laughs> and like, even in a movie like this, it's just like, how are you, how, how is somebody walking away without, uh, without a ginormous crush on this man? I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the, I feel like undercover cop movies are so overplayed. But I felt like this was a really great undercover cop movie and an interesting kind of way to angle that into a heist. Because I think this is a really cool pick for heist month because it is and it isn't about the heist. Mm -hmm. Just like it is and it isn't about surfing and the waves and the ocean and um, the connections. It's about the rush, man. The ultimate rush. And so you really totally get why Keanu would kind of fall for this sort of world. And um, after his inferred upbringing um why he would kind of gravitate to this i think makes a lot of sense and is a really interesting journey for keanu to go through and i'm glad that they don't reveal or they reveal pretty early that Bodhi is a sinister figure in his life it's not like a final very last end of movie reveal so you get to see a lot of um the character dynamics change for the last like third of the movie um which i think brings out some of the best stuff in Point Break between Bodie and um, Johnny Utah as they conflict over the last heist and Tyler and kind of how the whole thing resolves. 
Yeah, and that brings us pretty perfectly then to uh, his counterpoint, Keanu Reeves, playing Johnny Utah. He, uh, an undercover FBI agent who is infiltrating this uh, the suspected gang of surfers slash bank robbers. Um, apparently, Catherine Bigelow fought to have Reeves uh, join the cast as Johnny Utah, insisting that she wouldn't make the film without him. Apparently, the studio was more interested in like higher profile actors at the time, like Johnny Depp or Willem Dafoe. But... Uh, ultimately, Bigelow was the one that swayed them uh, in favor of Keanu Reeves, who, again, as we discussed, um, is kind of more known for like teenage comic romp films or like uh, uh, kind of like off the beaten path art house films of that era. So Reeves uh, is his first action role. How do we think he does as uh, Johnny Utah, which, by the way, was going to be the name of the movie at first until they decided that obviously had nothing to do with surfing. Yeah, Utah is not the first state I think of when I think of <laughs> I think um, Keanu does a – I mean, he's he's really fun to watch. I think sometimes he's a little doe-eyed through the movie, mm-hmm. as he tends to be in a lot of other things. But, like, I think at some points he's a little, like, too, I guess, maybe naive or – which I guess is part of, part of his character arc. But there's some moments where I'm, like, not quite believing that he, like, is – internalizing the like intensity of the moment. <laughs> what is one of his, that, what is one of his lines that I have written down here? It's a uh, fuck. Why can't I ever say what I really mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like with Keanu, now that we've talked about him in several movies on this podcast, he's a very singular kind of guy, like presence. And you can mm-hmm. either like get behind it or you're like, I can't stand it but yeah his line delivery sometimes doesn't fully convey (laughs) what it should i caught my first tube today sir (laughs) but in this i think in this tone it it works really wonderfully and also the chemistry and dynamic between johnny utah and bodie is just so wonderful i couldn't imagine i could not imagine willem dafoe in this role (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning to surf. <laughs> I, I could maybe see Willem Dafoe as Gary Busey's character, but that might be something. Johnny, but not Johnny Utah. I think it's. I feel like it was hard for me to buy in a little bit that he is like top of class Quantico. Like that doesn't quite feel like Keanu Reeves type. Yeah. What was uh? Oh, Chris, um, I'm looking up the actor here. Yeah, John John C. McGinley as the FBI director, uh, Director Harp, who's just like such a dick to him, but it's like kind of conveying some like some legitimate criticisms of how green uh, Keanu is within this 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 scenario. But also, yeah, just being an absolute dick about it. One of the quotes is like, um, if you even knew that you knew nothing, that would be something, but you don't. Or um, you're real blue flame special, Utah, young, dumb, and full of cum. It's like, ah, come on. But uh, I will say McGinley does lend himself as like the very like cliche, um, no nonsense, constantly pissed off, like superior director figure very well and plays really well. I guess I think against the other figure we haven't discussed yet, Gary Busey. Uh, What do we think about Gary Busey in this movie? Boy, does he love his meatball subs. (laughs) Which is one of the tangents that you, he's like, no, give me, no, give me two. Oh, I should have given me a third one. Like that, this weird, like, I can kind of see how a guy like this flies under the radar at the FBI and just kind of gets pushed to like a desk in the corner. 
Like maybe mm-hmm. somebody who was a Johnny Utah type in his youth, but then has just grown kind of more disillusioned about the one that got away. I mean, yeah, he's considered like basically a joke within the department, especially for his insinuation that these guys are surfers, which is correct. And I think that has made him slightly unhinged. Like, like because he's written off, it's like he's got nothing to lose. So it's it's this wonderful, uh, wonderfully just loose performance that is like <laughs> like his character, just like has no filter, <laughs> just does what he wants to do. But also I love this performance so much because Busey's character clearly really cares for you like Johnny Utah. And mm-hmm. and that I yeah, I, I think they make a great hilarious pair together. Yeah. Um and so they're just wonderful permutations of fun pairs in this movie. And yeah, Busey's so much fun to watch. I mean, it's unsettling and like <laughs> it's always concerning, but I think <laughs> that's the Gary Busey experience. Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't think that I have seen Gary Busey in literally anything else. It's like Predator 2. Um, there's a hider in the house. <laughs> as oh my God. Isn't he in a dog movie where he turns into a dog? That sounds right. I mean, the guy's had a very strange career and has had well, a very strange life. It's interesting. I mean, he was in Big Wednesday, which is like a mm-hmm. seminal surfing movie. And it's interesting that he plays a surfer in Big Wednesday, but he plays the like square cop <laughs> in this movie. Um, and so I wonder if there was like a a choice to cast him in this movie because it harkened back to like that this other big, big um, iconic surfing movie. Um, but, oh, I, I watched this terrible movie with him called Eye of the Tiger. Never watched this movie. It's horrible. Actually, <laughs> when I say I watched it, I watched a third of it and had to turn it off because it was so bad. Um, so, yeah, most of the sh- stuff he's in is total garbage. <laughs> it's true. This one, though, is a shining example to the contrary. And I think he's shuffled in uh, hilariously well. Like I said before, I think this movie is best watched under the assumption that he improvises all of his lines. The one string of dialogue, Connor, that you had referenced is something that we reference in my household almost at least once a week, which is a string of dialogue, which I I made sure to transcribe this time. Um, It's as uh, Pappas, as played by Gary Busey and uh, Utah, as played by Reeves are scoping out a potential bank robbery, which it turns out is the ex-presidents. We'll get we'll get to them in a second. Um, led by Patrick Swayze, this uh, surfer crew who were robbing banks. Busey's lines are, ha ha ha, this Calvin and Hobbes is funny. Right around the corner, there's a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches, the best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? Come on, partner, two. Thank you. Pause, pause. He goes back to reading his paper. Pause, pause. Utah! Get me two, which for some reason for me is the best part of the movie. <laughs> or it's like you can hear in the pause the gears turning in his brain. 
It's bizarre. The, some of the shit he says in this movie is off the rails. I'm looking through some of my other notes here to find uh, another one. This is when he first is first introduced to Keanu Reeves and they're like kind of butting heads because he is like, Busey is this kind of like Pappas, is this disregarded like um, like no name, like persona non grata member of the force. And Utah is this kind of like hotshot coming in as his assigned partner. And they, they're butting heads. And um, basically Reeves is saying that... Uh, that he doesn't have the the gall for it or like the stomach for the work anymore. Uh, to which, uh, to which Gary Busey's retort is, um, listen, you snot nosed little shit. I was taking shrapnel and quesad while you were still crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. What the fuck does that mean? So visceral. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I don't think I can handle that. I <laughs> like my body has rejected it. <laughs> I, I was, I love when he's chasing after his dog, which is like, I, I think he does like twice or like kids took my stereo or like he always has these excuses for just running around. Right. Looking for, you know, trying to bust people or whatever. And this poor woman whose door he goes to where like they're trying, they're going to do a raid on, which we'll talk about, um, I'm sure. But he's just like, have you seen my dog? Have you seen my dog? And I'm like, this poor woman's like trying to like, this man is just manic and screaming about his lost dog, Scooby. He's like, can you please get off my property? And he's like, my dog, my dog, at least my dog. He's mastered the art of distraction. People are so confused by his body language and energy <laughs> that they don't question what his undercover maneuvers. It's quite an effective tactic, I'll argue. It's, it's too insane to be suspect. Exactly. <laughs> So, in essence, what happens with this movie, um, I mean, Keanu uh, is brought into the forest again. Obviously, he's paired with Pappas. They have a sense that, or Pappas has this sense that uh, that these bank robbers, which there's been a rash of bank robberies in L.A., are probably being perpetrated by surfers. Uh, so they decide they're going to infiltrate the world and subculture of L.A. Uh, coastline surfing through Keanu Reeves, uh, Utah is going to become an undercover agent and a surfer. He, he does so initially by buying a hot pink surfboard while wearing his FBI suit. But so maybe not the, maybe not the best starts for an undercover operation, but it's how he rolls it out. Uh, he then meets, uh, Lori Petty, Tyler, uh, who we haven't discussed yet. She plays, um, uh, a surfer who initially encounters him as like a bumbling fool who like is struggling to figure out how surfing works, but she kind of like takes pity on him when he creates this fictional backstory about his parents having been killed um, because he knows her parents would be dead since he has that FBI info. Um, so he's kind of like, he's manipulating her right at the onset and uh, kind of like allowing that she is uh, the vehicle for him to infiltrate this world. But she's a really interesting character. What do we think about Lori Petty's character? She's so fun and it's fun to watch her like teach um, Utah how to surf. She's got great style. I love all of her, mm -hmm. her beach, her beach looks. The, uh, the early to mid nineties were really Lori Petty's heyday, right? Cause she was in this uh, league of their own and free Willy. And then tank she girl in... also. Oh, no. But which like, isn't good. But... <laughs> Like, arguably, she's not the love interest, right? Like, yes, she is <laughs> technically mm -hmm. 
but not really. So I feel like she gets sidelined a little bit, both figuratively and and like literally. This movie um, is about a little bit of a different kind of love, yes. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Which, you know, I appreciate the movie showing her uh, being a badass and also showing kind of like a, a more open relationship that she has with Bodhi. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Like, eh. I mean, she's she's treated horribly at the, like... She's kind of used as like a device, like that, like kidnap device at the end, which sucks. And it becomes like eight millimeter for five minutes. And it's like, that doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sick of that device being used, but like, but I think, but I love, I love the scenes. Yeah. Of like her and, and Utah, like, you know, surfing. And I think she just brings a wonderful uh, energy to the, the the crew, like when they're at the party, it's just it's. I feel like she she settles really nicely in with uh, that whole surfer crew, and is also open and inviting, and just seems like a very yeah seems like somebody you'd want to be friends with. I I think she does a great job being paired with Keanu Reeves, who I feel like does not give her a lot to work off of. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Thinking about, when we talked about the lake house a little bit ago, I think that one is like a separated romance. And in Speed, him and Bullock are not together, but you feel the kind of chemistry. But I felt like him actively trying to be a a participant in a relationship, I just felt like he doesn't know how to do that. So I feel like she put in a lot of work to like acting. I feel like she pulls the weight of that acting relationship where he, I don't know, I just didn't quite, I don't know, especially seeing, why can't I say how I feel? <laughs> like, I don't know, I just, it's hard. For Literally me. shouting it to himself. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard That's for me to like buy actual Keanu. Keanu. Yeah. Like a mental conversation he's having with himself as far as like his struggles as an actor. It's like meta, yeah. It's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, he was definitely. <laughs> so props to her for bringing her all in what I felt like was a not the easiest acting chemistry situation to always be in with Keanu. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's just clear that two actors don't have chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And like it's 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 not always necessarily one person or another person's fault. I think definitely in this case, it's it's not quite meeting the, the the same acting range um but like you know the the scenes that Keanu has with Patrick Swayze are entirely different so it's like a yeah. like a good example of what chemistry and not chemistry looks like because I mean you know when when Reeves and Swayze are on screen together they're on fire which is sort of how the film develops. I mean, uh, you know, from there, uh, Tyler introduces uh, Keanu to the crew, uh, that being uh, Bodie, Roach, Gromit, and Nathaniel. <laughs> and these are the guys that are the ex-presidents. Now, it turns out that these guys are not only badass surfers and adrenaline junkies, but they're also bank robbers. Uh, they... Uh, they famously have been uh, dressing as uh, former presidents with masks, rubber masks, uh, going in descending order from uh, Johnson to Nixon to Carter to uh, Reagan, which there's some really interesting notes as far as who gets shot when and all this other stuff. Uh, if you're going to look into like the history and all this stuff, I, I trust IMDb you need to look up to IMDb for all that. 
But one thing that I thought was uh, kind of interesting was uh, their ethos for for these bank robberies and, and their whole motivation, because it it's something that we kind of have discussed over the past the past month or, or observing this theme of like what makes an interesting heist movie, what should be the motivation, uh, what does their motivation say about uh, the characters conducting the heist and the heist itself. And in this example, um, it's basically, as Gary Busey explains, uh, they're robbing banks to fuel their endless summer so that they can t- they continue spanning the globe to go to like uh, the most extreme swells and point breaks throughout the world and uh, a- and continue their passion of surfing uh, at the expense of bank robberies. Uh, as Bodhi one- at one point puts it in the film is, uh, come on, think about it. This was never about money for us. This was us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit we stand for something to those dead souls inching on the freeways in their metal coffins. We show them that the human spirit is still alive. That being the motivation for these bank robberies, do we think that translates or is that something that is maybe a little more superfluous? I think it totally fits with Bodhi's worldview and how he justifies his own actions. Mm-hmm. Um, of like, how can he finance all of the, the thrill life if he doesn't have a job? You know, he has to do all of this. So I think it's horrible motivation and it's so like eye rolly, but for him and his crew, this is their world. This is their buy and This is how they justify what they do. I think in many ways it got me thinking about, or, and also the way you laid that out, Dave, it gets me thinking about what we talked about in, uh, in American animals uh, mm-hmm. episode and this crew of guys who are looking for thrills, looking for, it's sort of this like, oh, what's going to break me outside of the mundaneness of life? And it's the thrill not only of surfing, but also the thrill of staging bank heists. And ultimately, I think just as American animals conveyed the real horrors of a heist or of like the book heist, I think something Point Break does really effectively is also convey and depict the horrors of this heist gone wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, like towards the end when you, you find like throughout a lot of the movie, I found myself because Bodhi is so, um, is so convincing as this leader, as this sort of spiritual guide, as you were saying earlier, Dave, like as a viewer, you're, you're very caught up in this charismatic character but then that turning point towards the end is that is that heist when people are killed and like and it, it really provides the sort of real life uh, seriousness of what they're doing and kind of undercuts the like well you know I'm or like bucking the system I'm like doing this to pursue my dream of like being one with the earth it's like no like. You, you're also like ruining people's lives and <laughs> and I think and there it's are consequences for your desire to constantly chase this sort of spiritual thrill to break outside the malaise of you know regular life yeah and I think it's really underscored by the fact that we see we see three heists there's the first one which introduces the ex-president's motif which they go in in the masks and the suits, and they say, we're the ex-presidents. We've been robbing you for years, so a couple more minutes isn't going to be much of your time, which is really hysterical because they really play off the president's motif a lot. Like, there's, like, the the guy 
with the Nixon mask saying, I am not a crook and all, all sorts of like different, like political and historical references tied into that. And it seems like they're having fun and doing something that is, you know, obviously a crime, but they're not, they're not harming anyone per se, physically, at least. Um, then there's a second heist where, um, where Gary Busey wants his meatball subs and they're distracted. So the heist goes without a hitch off screen. And then the third one, which is the one where they bring Keanu into it because they know he's an undercover agent. So this is going to compromise his whole scenario and, uh, cause him to confront, uh, the sort of hypocrisy of, immer- uh, of infiltrating their group while being a federal agent. And that one goes terribly wrong. And it goes terribly wrong, Christine, as you mentioned, because it's the one instance where Bodhi is like, they do their normal thing, right? They have their 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 MO where they only rob the cash drawers because that's the fastest and most nonviolent way to get in and out of a, a bank robbery. But it's the one instance where he says, perhaps because Johnny is there and because he needs to impress upon him the gravity and grander idea of what they're doing is the one time when he says, no, we're going to go to the vault. And that ultimately is what slows them down and results in an undercover cop being shot and it becomes a whole thing. And it's an important break in sort of the of the allure and illusion of Bodhi being this flawless leader and flawless figure, uh, which is is wonderfully jarring and uh, like <laughs> kind of yeah, especially- the movie to the conclusion of like the rift in their relationship too. Yeah. And especially because we see that like, this is, this is coming unraveled even to the, his cohorts, like his, um, his co-conspirators, the other members of the ex-presidents who were like, we never go for the vault. Why are we doing this? And then one of them is shot fatally and dies in Bodhi's arms. And another shouts at him. Like, is this what you wanted? Did you get what you wanted? And it kind of, it kind of is the moment where Utah's presence as like a, a kind of distraction and competition with Bodhi, I think is what fractures the group's synergy and compromises their vision such that the film unravels in the third act. This is nothing like really brilliant, but something that um, I couldn't help but keep thinking about after the movie is um, so their great escape is um going up on this plane right and then they're gonna like parachute down to they're like crossing the 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 border right Mm -hmm. um and so at this point the ex-presidents they're almost all dead other than Swayze and then this one other person who had been shot fatally by um Gary Busey and yeah yeah, and so (laughs) I just keep thinking about that character being put into a parachute and he's clearly dying and he just dies on his way to the ground and somehow his parachute gets pulled but like (laughs) he's definitely dead that's the thing i get a kick out of every time is right as he's going out of the plane he roach after having been shot and it was like fatally like bleeding out and it's like oh Bodie, i'm so cold man i'm so cold and utah is like you're cold because you're bleeding out roach you're losing all your blood and when right before roach is pushed out of the plane by Bodie, who is it says to in response to utah is like don't listen to him he's just scared um i i have almost all of the dialogue of this movie memorized by the way um goes to push him out of the plane and 
Roach just turns to him and says, I'll see you in hell, Johnny. <laughs> and then as soon as Bodhi pushes him, you hear him like agonize, go like, ah! <laughs> as he's falling out of the plane. <laughs> I wonder how many people like go skydiving and try to recreate Point Break. <laughs> Like, I'm sure there are tales from skydiving instructors who are like, no, 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 no. You follow my instructions. You do not try to recreate Point Break and throw yourself off this plane suddenly. It's not going to be a like, no, no, you pull it. No, you pull it. It's like, no, you pull it. You got to pull it. I mean, the skydiving too. And this is kind of like... Good. Oh my God. It looks so this good. This shit's crazy. This is what I wanted to like, kind of like round out the conversation on. Mm. Uh, Cause obviously like there's, there's a lot about this movie that's really funny and also really, really interesting. It applies itself as a heist movie because there are heists in it, but more or less I wanted to discuss it because it's a crazy action spectacle. This movie is wild. I mean, it starts, you know, with an, uh, like a bodacious and of era introduction to like surfing. We then go into like, midnight beach football we then go into night surfing which is shot day for night by the way which is why you can see the sun in some of those scenes it's just a bright moon i love yeah yeah i mean it's so it's a good choice oh god it's just like going day for night is a good call because you can see so much more Uh, although it does look like it's shot day for night but anyway they do that and then they're also bank robbers and then they skydive and the skydiving stuff about this movie, the, the production stuff, is out of control. Uh, basically, um, Swayze had never uh, done skydiving before the movie at all. Um, and, like, did some training, like, early on. As far as, like, you know, when you first skydive, you go with the trainer the first few times. You're strapped to someone because they know what they're doing and so on. Um, but he did it so many times that he became completely comfortable with the process such that the film's production had to like approach him and say, look, you have to stop skydiving for insurance purposes. Yeah, he was like, no, I'm going to keep going. And apparently he he made 55 skydives throughout the production of the film and insisted after the film's production that Gary Busey go skydiving with him at some point. Whether or not that happened, I don't know. But, uh, but he was apparently all about it, which is why there's that really great scene where he's confronting Utah in the end. And it's an uninterrupted cut without the app, the presence of CG, where we see Patrick Swayze without a stunt double saying like, um, I don't know, whatever he's saying a send off to, uh, to Johnny Utah before he jumps out of the plane. And we see him jump out of the plane because he did it 55 so- times. It looks so good. And also the way the camera moves as he comes yes. out of the plane is it's like perfectly executed. And I am sure trying to capture something like that is in, like so, so hard. And it looks so good and is one of the most exciting yeah, moments of the movie. I can't believe they let it happen. Actual real like I know it was like mm-hmm. 91. So the CG wasn't there, but. I think it's crazy that you that they let Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves skydive for real. Well, Keanu didn't. Oh, he didn't. No, they, what it, you see, you can see his stunt double to the degree that like it's the advent of HDTV. Like I watched this for the first time on like a new a newer TV just for in preparation, and you can see that his stunt double is a stunt double. Like it's not him. And on top of that, like he's wearing like protective like visor glasses. 
that are like pretty subtle, but like are obviously there with HD photography. And Keanu's character doesn't have that. The way they shot Keanu's scenes were basically he was like um, harnessed along the top of a large fan. So he was on the and ground like and he was shooting. Undershot. Right, exactly. But Swayze well, did them all. <laughs> he went for it. Well, they fooled me with Keanu and good for Swayze. Yeah. That's, that's actually something I was going to mention. I thought for the most part, the surfing doubles and the skydiving doubles were pretty seamless. Like I thought the movie the did most across part. the board a pretty good job of finding, especially surfers, uh, who really looked like, or at least they made them up to look like Keanu and um, and Patrick Swayze. And I, I think it was a pretty, yeah, as I said, seamless uh, way of weaving real shots of the actors and the and the body doubles. That's another thing, too, as far as the surfing is concerned, is that, um, I mean, Swayze famously throughout his career really didn't rely on stunt doubles for the most part at all. He would learn his stunts. He would do his stunts to the point that he, you know, he did all the skydiving. He also did all the surfing for this movie himself. uh, There's some shots where it's like him on the board, but like the fancy stuff. Not at the end. I mean, the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. But no, for the most part, it's actually him. And like it really interesting notes about that were um, that uh, two months before filming, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, and Lori Petty trained with uh, former world-class professional surfer Dennis Jarvis in Hawaii. Jarvis said that, quote, uh, Patrick said he'd been on a board a couple of times. So he kind of knew what he's doing. That Keanu uh, definitely had not surfed before and that Lori Petty had never been in the ocean in her life. <laughs> So they did a lot of work and you know, it shows off. Wait, when did Free Willy come out? Because now I got some questions. <laughs> well, I think Free Willy was like 94, right? That was after Probably this, I think. Nine. So what I guess what happens is she goes from never being in the ocean in her life. Then so 93 Free Willy comes out and she's like, not only have I been in the ocean, fools, I now also train a fucking orca. Oh, yeah. She, it was, Point Break was probably a really formative experience for her. And she's like, I'm all about water. Those are like her casting, uh, like, Her rider? Yeah. yeah. You're right, yes. <laughs> water, great waves. <laughs> but, yeah, the production of the movie is insane. I mean, um, the car chases look amazing. All of the surfing footage is incredible. The skydiving sequences are great. The use of light is super interesting, especially as concerns the surfing sequences. I feel like it really illustrates the gang's whole, the gang's whole like ocean centric and like almost mythical and spiritual ethos. There's so much attention to like the light reflected off the ocean to like mist coming off of cresting waves. It's so immersively and like enticingly cinematic as concerns like high octane action sports. It's almost like inherently an action movie. Even if there weren't action sequences, this would feel like an action movie in a way because it's so authentically and thoroughly highlights through its cinematography and its use of lighting, the sort of mysticism or like allure of like high impact sports. And the shots uh, of the dry grass as they land from skydiving, it's mm-hmm. like a wonderful contrast of the sort of mythical ocean and the sparkling water and the sun. And then towards the end of the movie, you have 
this sort of like the this red intense sunset and like dry flat grass that they have to it was like as they're all like falling from the sky it's like a very vivid closing or like end towards the end of the movie and then i guess the end end you have like the super mythical big wave riding mm-hmm. but i think sh- uh bigelow really captures landscape really really well um as it's super connected to like the characters and the changes in um their settings and like the transformations that they're going through too the chase scene yes so good and we've seen like i feel like movies have done the like chase through the back alley and the narrow corridors and things like that. It's a setup I've seen before, but the way it's shot looks so, so good and is so fun and kinetic and exciting. Um, That was one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite parts uh, of the movie. It's a true standout. I mean, that goes from, um, what is it? It's It's a car chase into... The gas station where uh, Swayze, wearing a Ronald Reagan mask, is using a uh, a gas pump as a flamethrower, which is an image that is forever burned into my brain. Um, after that, I mean, they Keanu tries to tackle him. Uh, he's obviously it, it's Keanu in the shot. You can see it's him, and he's on fire in the shot. Um, it then continues into a foot chase through alleys and up fences through houses. Swayze throws a dog at Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves punts the dog. And then it it ends in the iconic showdown in like, uh, in, in LA's, uh, sort of like very picturesque and very like cinematically iconic aqueducts. Like it's just such an amazing chase sequence. I could watch a whole movie that was shot that way. albeit almost impossible, but it would be incredible. And when he has the gun trained on him, and then he zoom in on Swayze's eyes, and they have that moment through the mask. And then Keanu fought, empties a whole clip into the air, and out of frustration, and I'm like, somebody's gonna die. <laughs> but that's like that's become an iconic part because they they yeah. talk about that in Hot Fuzz, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and just so many iconic moments, and just such a momentum. It's just such a it's such an amazing escalation as an action film. And I do think of this as an action film more than a heist film. Like I said at the onset, I do think uh, my favorite heist movie is definitely uh, Dog Day Afternoon because I think it's a spectacular movie and a really great exploration of a heist gone completely wrong. But I picked this one because it has heists in it and it's a genre I don't particularly care for for the most part, although I've been proven wrong this month. And it's just a fantastic action movie. So um before we close out on it, uh, does anyone have any final parting thoughts about uh, the action majesty of Point Break? <laughs> I think what I've learned about Heist Month is the heist we've made along the way is really what's important. Um, is that I think a heist, I feel like this movie would be so much like drier if there wasn't that heist backdrop to it. Mm-hmm. Like something about robbing a bank, using excessive force to steal something, to rob something, says something about, informs us about characters, forms us about stakes, action set pieces. So I feel like this movie would be different if it was just surfer movie with some like police action moments. I think a heist kind of just 
you know, maybe launches it from like a pre-production level or like a script writing level even to like help us inform who are these characters, what are their motivations, and then what are the stakes and the set pieces. The stakes especially. Yeah, I agree with that. This, you know, it just really reminds me of how much like the world is missing out because of like RIP taking too soon, Patrick Swayze. I really, I really wonder what he could have been doing right now. I've never seen him in a movie that I've seen him in bad movies. I've never seen him in a movie do a bad job. He was always on point. Because his point was on point. Ah, it's the point break. <laughs> Wait, oh my gosh. I would love to see a dirty dancing point break like mashup where it's like a surfing dancing movie. Okay. Where it's like point, point, point. Yeah. And Connor's got it. Yeah. Connor, Connor, Connor will invest in, in this production. Like a ballerina point on your toe. Like Exactly. Yeah. It's about the well, rules, uh, grueling routines of being a ballerina where your toes break. I think throw some black swan in there and we got <laughs> yeah. something. Yes. Cooking. Black there swan it is. There meets it is. point break meets dirty dancing. Swan break. <laughs> swan break. <laughs> <laughs> Swan Break and Fiddler in the House. We have to get these made. <laughs> yes. Should have scared Busey. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the attic. <laughs> and with that, I think we've officially reached Gary Busey levels of uh, having lost our minds. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been a wonderful theme. We've we've really had a, a, had a great time exploring different uh, interpretations of what we bring to the table as our selections, as far as heist movies go. Uh, again, a genre I wasn't thrilled on, but this was a thrilling month. It was a really fun time going through all of these. Uh, we have another theme down the pike, but we do have something special coming up that we're going to get to shortly. So that's something uh, to stay tuned for as far as like a, a unique one-off that we're going to be exploring that we've been looking forward to as a crew for a long time. So I'm, I'm really excited about that coming down the pike and that will be something that you'll be hearing next time. Uh, that we've been thinking about for about two years probably. <laughs> for pretty much the whole time. The whole time we've been doing it. So uh, I think folks listening will very much enjoy it. And it'll be it'll be coming to a head next time you join us. Until then, though, uh, of course, you can uh, let us know how you feel about the show or what you think about Point Break, heist movies, or the show in general through all of our social media feeds. That, of course, Facebook and Instagram at Butter With That. Uh, you can find us through Butter With That Podcast at gmail.com. I got it right that time. And... Uh, you can let us know what you think. Chances are we'll read what you have to say on the air. In the meantime, of course, you can check out uh, everything that is coming to the fore through Movie John Network, uh, the podcast network that we're a part of, especially Killer Bees, uh, our friend Tori's podcast, among all the other great podcasts on that network. Uh, so uh, before we head off um, and before we sail into the sunset, does anyone else have anything to add? Or surf into the sunset, excuse me. Uh, that's, that's what it was. Or just like let a wave take us over and just call it quits. That's kind of how I want to go. Yeah, Bodie style. Getting crushed by water? I don't know. Actually, okay, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But like if I reach that, you know, level of zen, maybe maybe I'll just embrace it. Maybe. We'll we'll catch him as he's coming back. No, you won't. No. (laughs) Also, oh boy, right before we end, yeah. My favorite delivery in the movie. 
We'll get him when he comes back in. <laughs> Fantastic. And we'll get you when we come back in, folks. Uh, see you next time and have a good night. Oh, bye. Bye.